Motherhood has been used to oppress and exploit women for centuries, but it doesn't have to be this way. And as mothers, we're ready for a revolution. We love our kids, but we struggle with losing our identities, bearing the weight of motherhood without enough support, and striving to meet those impossible standards of what it means to be a good mother. It's time to openly discuss how motherhood is deeply affected by patriarchy, racism, and capitalism so that we can break free of these systems. As mothers, we know our work is valuable and has radical potential to birth a more equitable and inclusive future for ourselves and our children. Welcome to the Rebel Mothers Podcast. I'm your host, Susie Fishleader, and together we'll explore the challenges of modern motherhood and reclaim mothering as an act of liberation. Hello, Rebel Mothers. So my favorite thing about making this podcast is I get to decide what I want to talk about. And I get to research topics that I, myself, need help with. And this whole notion of boundaries, especially in motherhood, is one that I find really confusing. On the one hand, yes, I totally get the need for boundaries. Of course I do, right? When I'm coaching mothers, we talk, it's something we talk about all the time, like how we can use motherhood as a way to reclaim personal agency and autonomy. How do we not let the people in our lives walk all over us? you know, saying no, I mean, all the things, right? We, we learn how to utilize boundaries as a powerful tool in empowering women. And the beauty of mothering is that it offers us countless opportunities to practice these next level skills, right? I know that women have been socialized to prioritize everyone else first. And I think we could absolutely do a better job of saying no and learning how to set boundaries probably helps with that, right? I do think that learning about Personal agency and autonomy is important. It's something I want to teach my kids. Uh, you know, knowing that there are people out there who somehow seem to drain time and energy that I want to be protective of, right? Especially as I'm trying to create my own body of work, right, around maternal scholarship, and boundaries are a way to do that. On the other hand, we're already living in a hyper-individualized world that really celebrates that, you know, lone, rugged hero who is self-sufficient. And sometimes when I read about boundaries, some of the rhetoric seems like it's less about personal agency and more about the idealization of individualism. Humans are social animals. We evolved to live in community and live in relationship and dependence on one another. So how do we maintain boundaries without shutting people out? I truly believe that humans need more connection right now, not less. And I think capitalism has positioned us so that we see everything as an exchange. I give you some time and energy. I expect something in return. Um, and boundaries feels like a way to protect ourselves from being cheated in that exchange, right? It sets us up for feeling like, if I give you X, you know, that, that means that there's less for me. So I need to establish limits so that I make sure that I get something in return so that I don't lose out. And I just want to ask, like, is that the best way to go about it? Is there a binary between the good of the individual and the good of the collective? Are they in tension with one another? And if so, are boundaries the way to go about solving that? So these are all the questions I've been asking myself about boundaries and of course, on this podcast, we're going to center it around boundaries in motherhood because that's the really tricky one. I feel like pretty confident in setting boundaries and expectations with, you know, my husband or coworkers or family, but setting personal boundaries with my children who at one point in their existence were literally a part of my body, that's challenging. <laughs> my kids, you know, 
who are still completely dependent upon me for their survival. I mean, yes, of course, if I were to disappear tomorrow, their dad would absolutely step up and everyone would survive just fine. But kids are still dependent on at least one loving attached parent for years. So what place, what places do healthy boundaries and personal agency have in the realm of motherhood? And I do think that it's true that the narrative of modern motherhood asks that we center the child instead of the mother, which can result in an exhausting amount of emotional and invisible labor. And the system of patriarchy, both internalized and external, demands that women put everyone's needs above their own, all of which combines to make it very, very hard to be a mother today. So on this episode, we're going to break down what boundaries mean, especially when viewed through feminist perspective. Right? Boundaries aren't just about saying no. They're about reclaiming your space, your time, and your voice in a world that sometimes forgets the power of a woman's autonomy. We'll explore how setting boundaries is an act of self-love and resistance against the expectations that society places on us as mothers. Of course, self-help books about boundaries have been sold to mothers and women for decades as the magic answer to all our problems. This, this is not a new topic, right? Boundaries have been around for a while. And there's this, you know, the thing out there, it's like, well, if only we could just set better boundaries, we'd finally get our husband to do the dishes without being asked and earn the salary we deserve and have a healthy relationship with our mother-in-law and our children will go to bed without any fuss. And sometimes it feels like, you know, quote unquote, setting boundaries is just another thing to add to the mental load for mothers. How can we do all that stuff? without feeling like it has to be something that we have to enforce? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. That's what this episode is about, me asking these questions. And I don't think that setting better boundaries is the one magic answer to solve everything. So, you know, I want to talk about how we do operate in a world that asks us to be boundaryless, then turns around and says, well, of course you're exhausted and overwhelmed and overstimulated and burnt out. You should have just set better boundaries in the first place. Ugh. right? I do think it's important to note that I am recording this from, and most of my listeners are located in the United States, a land that has been divided up into private, ownable pieces of land that require fenced boundaries. And this is something I find really fascinating. This whole concept of creating my land and your land, and then of course, people who have no land, that ideological obsession with boundaries has really seeped into our behavior and actions in ways we probably fully cannot comprehend. But I guarantee our obsession with personal boundaries is probably related. Maybe there's a world out there where the notion of personal boundaries doesn't even exist because there's no reference for it. There's no need to create a divide between me and you. Um, but that's not the world we live in. So how do we hold it all? How do we exist in a world that asks us as women and mothers to be completely selfless, but also to set boundaries to protect our time and energy, while also dismantling the systems that created this all in the first place? This is the Rebel Mother's Challenge. Let's dive in. So first, let's talk about how setting boundaries helps women increase their sense of personal agency and autonomy. So what is agency? What is personal agency? So there's a definition um, that I like from an essay, uh, a 2000 essay that refers to the quote, personal agency is the sense that I am the one who is causing or generating an action, right? End quote. Uh, it's the ability to make decisions that align with your values, 
desires, and aspirations. A person with a strong sense of personal agency perceives herself as the subject influencing her own actions and life circumstances, right? She feels like she is in charge of her own life. Someone who does not have a strong sense of personal agency might feel powerless, kind of swept along from like one crisis to another, or maybe feels like decisions about their life are made by others or dictated by social norms rather than their own personal values and desires. So people without a sense of personal agency might feel like they're making decisions because other people expect them to. And this is tricky because sometimes it feels like, yeah, I made that decision. I made that choice. But when you stop and take a look at it, it's like, oh gosh, did I marry my high school sweetheart in my small town because everyone expected that of me? Or was that a decision I was able to make fully on my own? And again, I think this touches on that feeling that like we aren't operating in a vacuum. Decisions and choices that we make are made in you know this community that we live in and with the social expectations that we have. So where do we separate out? What is personal agency and what is expectation? And that we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about values and things like that. But, you know, and so I see this frustration with personal agency a lot with new moms, right? Because you've got like a newborn. The demands of a newborn can be so much more overwhelming than some new mothers thought it would be, especially if they don't have a lot of community support, that it feels like they don't even have any power over their own life anymore, right? Everything is dictated by the needs of this tiny little human. And that can be super debilitating to some women. Now, autonomy, autonomy is the ability and freedom to make the decisions and choices to shape one's life. So autonomy goes hand in hand with personal agency, where individuals have the right to make decisions about their bodies, lives, and relationships without external influence or coercion. So this includes career choices, relationships, personal belief. Right? Autonomy is, is a fundamental aspect of human dignity. It acknowledges each person's capacity for rational thought and the ability to lead a life that reflects their unique identity. So personal agency is more about the sense and understanding that you are in control of your life, and autonomy is more about the external environment that affects your ability to make those decisions. So laws, policies, you know, these shape the parameters, the rules within which individuals exercise their agency. And like we mentioned earlier, social norms will also influence the acceptability of these choices. So for women, Autonomy is particularly significant in challenging historical and societal norms that may have limited their freedom to make choices independently. And achieving true autonomy involves not only cultivating a really strong sense of internal agency, but also navigating and challenging external structures that might restrict or empower their choices. So bringing it back to boundaries, setting boundaries is a crucial step in developing both a sense of personal agency and the autonomy to create the life you want to live. But of course, it's not that easy. Both agency and autonomy, right, the sense that you can make choices to control your life and the actual ability to do so, have been historically constrained or outright denied for women, people of color, people with disabilities, entire indigenous populations, and many other marginalized groups for thousands of years. And it even shows up differently for women of different races, right? So like white women were often socialized into acting like they are weak, fragile creatures who depend on men. 
And in fact, we're often taught to use their proximity to white men to create a false sense of agency. Whereas the history of racial trauma and the reality of racist laws and policies have absolutely shaped women of color's ability to make decisions about their own life. So when we are mastering the art of setting boundaries, we have to remember that we're working in a patriarchal world that has told us that women aren't smart enough to make our own decisions. We're just not that good with money. Women aren't very good at leadership. We're too emotional. We're too silly. We should probably just make sure we marry a man who will take good care of us. We're also told that women are sinful, that there's a divine higher power that has designed us this way and commanded us to submit to our husbands. This is the world in which we exist. And in patriarchal motherhood, we're also set up to believe that motherhood is our highest calling and we need to put everyone else's needs before ours, especially our children's. We're told that we should prioritize mothering above all else, 24-7. Nothing else should be as important as mothering. And this is why setting boundaries is a crucial act for rebel mothers. We are modeling a different way of living for our children. We're creating new rules for what it means to be a mother. It's an act of defiance toward a patriarchal world to stand up and say, I am going to determine the actions I take and I'm going to make sure they are aligned with my personal values. So great. Now, how do we do it? How do we set appropriate boundaries and then enforce them? Well, first let's take a look at what boundaries are and what they aren't. So I went to that great source of information, Wikipedia. And Wikipedia says that personal boundaries are established by changing one's own response to interpersonal situations rather than expecting other people to change their behaviors to comply with your boundary. So boundaries are not something that you can enforce on other people. It has to be completely enforceable by you, which I feel like sounds really good in theory, but it's sticky to define and enforce, especially with children. So I really want to dig into this more. What's the difference between setting boundaries and punishing, you know, punishments for bad behavior? Like, I don't want to do that, but where's the, where's the difference? So let's just start briefly with setting boundaries with other adults, because I think that's easier so we can kind of grasp this concept. So yeah, I can understand that if I'm setting a boundary with someone, I am deciding what actions I want to take, maybe in response to someone else's behavior. I can set a boundary that I am not going to reply to emails after 6 p.m. That's family time, and it's a time in our day where we're really busy, and I want to be present with my kids. And I can announce my rule to everyone, but I'm not in control with whether they decide to respect that or not. People might still email me at all times of the night, but it's up to me to establish the boundary and keep it. That's an easy one. I feel like we got that, right? Now, let's say you have an adult family member who tosses around slurs and you've made it clear that that is unacceptable. You don't actually have any control over what they say, but you can say things like, I will not tolerate that kind of language around my children. I have told you before that these specific words are inappropriate. And if you're not able to stop saying them, we will be leaving. So there's, I mean, there's a gazillion different examples of boundaries that you can set. But again, it's has to be something that you can enforce. It is like a set of guidelines for yourself on how you are going to respond and behave in a situation. Okay. So now let's get into setting boundaries as a mother. I think this one is hard for many women because it's so easy to fall into that martyr mother trap 
right? Where you give everything up for your children because there's this sense that there's some like moral goodness attached to being the selfless mother. This is part of that perfect mother myth that we're challenging. There are many different types of boundaries that mothers can set. And, you know, the specific ones that are coming up to your mind right now, they're going to vary depending on, you know, your needs, your values, and your priorities. Some common examples of boundaries that might show up in motherhood could include things like setting limits on time and energy. So this might mean, you know, saying no to things like volunteering at the kid's school or picking up another project at work. It could also mean setting boundaries about how much time the mother is willing to spend on housework or other tasks. It might look like setting aside some dedicated time where someone else cares for the children so mom can focus on her dreams outside of motherhood, right? Uh, Another boundary that's common is setting boundaries around physical and emotional space. So this might mean refusing to allow others to touch them in ways that they don't want to be touched or to speak to them in ways that are disrespectful or hurtful. It could also mean setting boundaries around the amount of time they're willing to spend in social situations or, you know, other activities that drain their energy. So they're really protecting their own physical and emotional needs. Uh, Setting boundaries around finances. This could mean setting limits on the amount of money that a mother is willing to spend on certain things. It could also mean making sure that a mother has a budget and maybe the family has a budget and we're sticking to it, right? And then setting boundaries around children's behavior. So this could mean setting the rules and expectations for what behavior is safe and appropriate. You know, refusing to allow them to do things that are against the family's values. And if you go back to the partnership families episode, we talked about the hierarchy of actualization. This is not coming from a place of like, you do what I say because I say it. It's coming from a place of, these are our family's values. I am older and wiser in the ways of the world. And I know the things that need to happen to keep you safe and, you know, behaving appropriately. That's a little muddy, but like, it is a mother's responsibility to set boundaries on safe behavior, right? Like that's what we do as grownups. This could also mean when we're talking about setting boundaries around children, it could also mean setting, you know, expectations around the amount of time that a mother is willing to spend with their children. You know, sometimes it's like, I am a great mom all day long, but by the time it hits 830, I'm done. I'm so, I'm done. I will give you everything you need up to that point. But if you're still awake at 830, you're on your own. You got to be reading in bed or just relaxing because I, that's, this is my time. This is not a hard and fast boundary that I've set with my own kids. Sometimes I feel like I ought to though. (laughs) So Anyway, this is where motherhood itself is such a great way to like level up. You know, when I talk about motherhood as a path to higher consciousness, this is what I'm talking about. You want to learn how to set boundaries and protect yourself? Have some children. They're going to give you countless opportunities to learn that skill. But here's the thing. Whether we're setting boundaries with children, partners, coworkers, family, whoever, it has less to do with any of them and everything to do with ourselves. Setting boundaries is my way of centering myself, prioritizing my time and actions to be aligned with living the most authentic life that I was put here on earth to live. Boundaries are less about keeping people out and at arm's length and more about keeping time, your time, your your energy, your sort of vital life force in and centered around you. It's about loving yourself first. And this is where we get to talk about how when it comes to setting and keeping boundaries, it doesn't actually start with the boundary. 
It starts way earlier with that on what do you value in your life? Your boundaries are meant to protect your time and energy so that you can live an intentional life. Well, what does that mean to you? So, you know, go back to the identity episode, um, do a values exercise and really examine your top values. What are you currently living? Which ones are maybe restricted somehow? Where are you spending time and energy on things or people that aren't aligned with your values? So before you're able to set boundaries, you're going to have to take some time for self-reflection and try to understand your values, your priorities, and your limits. And this helps you start and, you know, when you're setting boundaries and then trying to enforce them from a place of authenticity. Because, hey, the reality is that sometimes setting boundaries and saying no is hard and it feels shitty. Let's get real about this, right? The, the guilt is going to come with setting boundaries or the very real fear of retaliation or being shut out of the group. Because yes, setting boundaries in motherhood is hard. But I think it's helpful to step back and realize it's actually going to be hard either way. Let's say you say yes to a project that you don't actually have the time to do. Completing that project will be hard for you. You've overcommitted yourself. That's tough. So saying no and setting the boundary is also hard in the beginning. It's going to be hard either way, right? Let's look at a really common example from, you know, I I get this a lot. Mothers who were really committed to attachment parenting when their children were really little, but now they're running into some boundary issues. Like let's say you have a preschooler who climbs into bed with you every single night and you wouldn't like that behavior to stop. You're feeling really resentful that you can't get a good night's sleep. You want to have intimacy and privacy with your partner again. You feel like you've tried everything, right? You've gotten back up with them and walked them back to their room over and over again. You bought those little alarm clocks with the colors that tell them it's time to get up, but nothing has actually worked. And here they are still coming into your room and climbing into bed with you. And there is a part of you that actually does love it, right? There's sweaty little hands that wake you up in the morning and the smell of their head when they cuddle you. And you know they're only going to be little forever and surely one day you're going to miss this. So honestly, you're just so tired and you know you'll actually finally get to go to sleep if they stay and how long is this going to take anyway? And so it's just easier to let them stay and sleep with you and then the next evening the resentment hits all over again. Living like that is hard. You're already doing the hard thing. Setting boundaries is hard and getting resentful at your child every night is hard. So hopefully you can have some grace with yourself about it because yes, motherhood is hard. But if it's going to be hard either way, can you sit and get clear with yourself about what you actually want and then make a decision and stick with it? So in this example, maybe you decide, hey, right now in this period of my life, I actually do want to co-sleep with my child. There are more pros than cons in the situation. Sometimes it sucks, but it's important to me. So I'm going to decide that if they come into my bed at night, I'll let them stay and cuddle and we don't have to fight about it anymore. And you can decide that you'll do that for a period of time, three months, you know, whatever. And then you'll revisit to see if that's still, that value still holds true to you or if your priorities have shifted. Uh, And then you can change your mind. And you might also decide after you sat down and really thought about it and did some self-reflection that, you know what, you're done. This was an amazing period of your life when you were able to co-sleep with your children and that period of life is over. You would now like to have your bed as your own private adult space anymore. So then that's when you, you know, can maybe set the boundary with yourself. I am just going to have to do what it takes. I'm going to have to do the other hard thing of getting up and walking them back into their room. 
talking to them, maybe engaging with my partner to take a more active role in bedtime, you know, look around at your life and find out what are the things you might need to do to create the boundary for yourself, enforce the boundary and stick to the boundary, right? Now this might require some clear communication and support with your partner who might agree or disagree with you on this decision. This is not, you know, a decision made in a vacuum. And this is why setting the boundary is actually the last step because again, you have to be really aligned with your own personal values and how you want to live your life, how you want it to be before you can take the actions you need to create that life. If you're feeling a lot of ambivalence, like, oh, I just don't know. Maybe it's fine that she sleeps with us, but gosh, it's so frustrating. You've got to sit down and get quiet with yourself. Find that inner voice that tells you what it is you're really looking for. You've got to listen to your emotions, which can tell us a lot about how we really feel underneath all of our social conditioning, right? I think the two most helpful emotions when dealing with setting boundaries, um, I think are anger and guilt. There is a difference between feeling slightly resentful or annoyed and feeling that blinding rage in your body, right? Anger is a powerful emotional signal that a boundary is being crossed. It is a visceral response to a perceived violation of our space, our values, or our autonomy. And often, women have been taught to push that anger aside because angry girls aren't nice, good girls You don't want to be a bitch, do you? So we've created this disconnect between what our body is trying to tell us and what we're willing to acknowledge. If you're feeling teeth-clenching fury when you hear your kid's steps on the stairs again, something is up, and it's definitely time to assess how you might need better support, or you might need a clearer understanding of your values, or getting really honest with yourself about what boundary is actually being crossed here, what inner child stuff might be coming out, right? What perfect mother myth are you trying to uphold? And then that's where the guilt comes in. (laughs) So when you're trying to set a boundary and you're hit with that like wash of guilt, that like hot flush of shame, instead of losing yourself to it or pushing it away, you can get really curious. Huh, I feel really guilty right now. Where is that coming from? Do I feel guilty because I'm doing something against my own personal values? Or do I feel guilty because I'm not living up to some impossible ideal, some measure of what a good mother should be acting like? Guilt can be a very powerful tool in maintaining patriarchal standards of motherhood, right? It keeps us in line. But it's actually a very helpful emotion for our own evolution as humans if you learn how to accept it and learn from it instead of pushing it away or acting in a way that you think you're supposed to act. Because remember, we're not doing this in a void. We are trying to create a life for ourselves in this patriarchal world that tells us that we need to be perfect all the time. You cannot mess up. We need to give everything to our children. And motherhood is supposed to fulfill us all the time. But these things are totally unsustainable. They don't actually serve the mother. So when you do set a boundary and you've checked in with your emotions and you've done some self reflection and you feel really good about this decision that you make, that's when you can get hopefully that kind of whole body yes feeling. If you know that sticking to the boundary is going to be hard, but it's already hard not sticking to the boundary, you can make the actually less hard choice of setting the boundary and living a life aligned with your values. 
And yeah, you'll probably still feel guilty sometimes and other people will make you feel bad. But you're probably an amazingly generous, caregiving person. So I know that that's going to feel like it cuts extra deep. But there's a reason you're listening to this podcast. And it's because motherhood today is hard and the world is asking too much of us. So we have to set boundaries, not to shut people out, not to push away our children, but because we have so much to give to the world that we can't let our precious time and energy and attention be taken away from us. So when you get super clear on your own priorities, setting boundaries becomes easier because you know that it's coming from a place of, I know what's right for me and my family, and I can stay strong in that. Remember, there is a difference between motherhood as an institution and mothering as an empowering experience. We become stronger through the experience and the act of mothering, but we have to learn how to do this. It's not a skill that's taught to us. And in fact, the patriarchy does everything it can to make us do the opposite. We talked earlier about the importance of personal agency and autonomy for women and mothers. Learning how to set boundaries is a way to do that. This intentional act of setting boundaries that aligns with your priorities and your desires, your aspirations, it really fosters a deep sense of self-determination. And autonomy thrives in an environment where boundaries are defined and respected. Boundaries act against the shield against external influences or, you know, coercive pressures, allowing people to make these choices independently. So as we wrap it up, just remember, this is always that the act of mothering can be an empowering experience through the many ways it gives us to practice setting boundaries, learning how and when to say no or yes, believing in our self-worth enough to ask for and receive help when we need it. Ultimately, I hope this episode has helped you think through what values are most important to you so that when you're feeling anger or guilt in motherhood, you feel like maybe you need to set better boundaries, you can take some time for self-reflection and enjoy a more intentional mothering experience. Stay tuned for more empowering stories and insightful discussions in future episodes of Rebel Mothers. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast to spread the message far and wide. Learn more at suzyfishleader.com. And thank you for being part of the motherhood revolution.